All right, we are back with another edition of the Happy Hour Hangout Podcast. Um, I'm Steven, and I'm with Travis here. Travis, what's up, man? Howdy. How are you, Steve? Good. I kind of forgot my own name there. It took a minute. <laughs> haven't done How this you been? Thing. I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. I know. It's been a week. What the hell's happened? I don't know, man. Um, well, we got a pretty good, pretty great episode here today. Um we're going to talk a lot, a lot of NBA basketball, because um, we have got on podcast with us uh, NBA super fan, as we're going to call him, um, Brian. Brian, say hi to everybody. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? Appreciate yeah. having me today. I'm oh, excited to have some serious one. NBA debates with you. Of course, NBA all day, every day. <laughs> uh, I was told you to wear my NBA T-shirt that... just for you guys. NBA T-shirt. <laughs> nice touch. I feel like. I feel like it's a Fairweather fan thing to just have a shirt that just says NBA on it. Not like <laughs> actual team. Go basketball. Not go Mavs or go Cavs. Just go go basketball, which is you know convenient because you know we live in a world that, uh, that's on fire and uh, NBA and sports has come back. So it's almost kind of beneficial to wear something like that because who knows how long this these these sports will, will last. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk a lot of NBA basketball. We're going to talk about yourself as well, Brian, a little bit of what you do and, and go a little bit in depth there. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and kick off the taste test. So Travis, why don't you go ahead and uh, show us how it's done? Yes, sir. I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada. Uh, this is a uh, this is a heavy one, a hot bullet, a little eight percenter. Uh, oh, yeah. Pretty good, uh, pretty good beer actually. Um, uh, I've done Sierra Nevada before, but. Um, this one is definitely one of the stronger ones I think they have. It's a double IPA, so it's uh, it's good, but it's not as like bad as you would think. Like you hear double IPA and eight percent, you're like, man, that's gonna pack too much heat. It's actually pretty good. So um, uh, our friends from Sierra Nevada, Chico, California, Steve, something funny, man, you throwing me off my game here. <laughs> I just go ahead. I just, love how you, I just love how your comment on a cold beverage is it packs a lot of heat. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it can, man. Some of these beers are. are yeah, they, they get a little too aggressive for me. I am sorry to have interrupted you. I know how much you like your flow. Get back at it. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, dude. Good thing I'm not uh, doing a paid commercial here, huh? Um, in 1980, this uh, wonderful brewery was founded. Uh, and this is some fun facts. Here's a fun fact I'm bringing for you, Steve. In 1980, they sold 950 barrels of beer in year one. Uh, last year, last full year, 1.25 million barrels. Now that, my friends, is some growth. Uh, and they're known for great beer and environmental sustainability, which uh, I think I mentioned last time I did a Sierra Nevada beer, but uh, they're very big on the uh, environmental stuff. And uh, so hats off to them for that. And good beer, good company. Why is it called Sierra Nevada again? Do you remember? Uh, I mentioned that last time, but I do not. I didn't jot it down and don't remember it. It's funny. It's funny knowing that it's called Sierra Nevada, and also knowing that its its headquarters is in California. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, how, how many how many gallons is one point two five million barrels? Oh boy, I don't know. Do you have you got the calculation over there, Steve? No, I was hoping for an oh. extra fun fact. I was just trying <laughs> to put you on the spot there. <laughs> nope, just a fun fact, not an extra fun fact. Fair enough, Brian. What do you got for us? I got a nice little Texas beer, Fireman's Four. It's a Ooh. blonde ale, so it's one of my favorite blondes besides my girlfriend, Kristen. But <laughs> I told her I'd give her a well shot in that regards. <laughs> but uh, I poured it in my nice little Texas live glass, so I don't have quite as many facts. It's in Blanco, Texas. Sounds like the middle of nowhere. I have no idea where that is, but... <laughs> It's delicious. It makes me feel good. It makes me help talk. So, <laughs> where you drink? It's no citywide, but no citywide. But it's it's an, it's a good blonde ale. So it's delicious if you haven't had it. Nothing nothing compares to citywide. So it's it's kind of a silly competition in that regard. But uh, that's that's awesome. I like the originality of that. So, alrighty, <clears throat> I'm gonna go here. I am drinking the Odell Brewing Company 90 Shilling Ale. It is 5.3% because uh, they didn't double brew it like Trav's beer over there. Um, 
Bodell Brewing Company is based out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, I believe I went here on my honeymoon. Uh, I can't totally remember, though. Um, but 5.3% uh, ABV. Uh, it's described as a medium-bodied amber ale. I'm a big amber ale guy uh, with a distinct burnished copper color and a deeply pleasant aroma. Um, here's the fun fact of all fun facts for this episode. Um, it's called 90 Shilling because it comes from the Scottish method of taxing beer. Only the highest quality beers were taxed 90 shillings out, out in Scotland. Uh, but it was founded back in 1989, so about 31 years ago, by Doug O'Dell and his wife, Wynn, and sister, Corky. Yes, that's a real name. Uh, and it's actually been independently owned uh, from the beginning. Um, in 2015, actually, uh, Doug O'Dell actually sold majority of his company to all of his employees through employee stock options. Um, you know, for the finance nerd that's sitting sitting in his basement, Trav, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that to you. Uh, but essentially, it's, it's it's an independently employee-owned um, brewery. And I, I love mentioning those because I think that's the coolest thing about a lot of these breweries that we get to highlight on the show uh, is a lot that we've actually covered are independently owned uh, or they sell most of their shares to the people that actually work and make that beer. Uh, I think it's one of the most commendable things that you can do in owning a brewery. Um, and Travis, when you and I inevitably start ours, um, Neil loving <laughs> yeah. breweries, I, I expect us to do the same. <laughs> and that's actually not a bad name. I, I, I'm not big into the brewery business personally, but uh, Neil loving brewery that uh, that I like. What that. If, well, what if you flip flop it? And we're gonna get Brian loving and his take on it. Loving Neil brewery. <laughs> Big Neil loving, maybe the maybe the winner right there. I feel like loving Neil is a little bit more crisp off the tongue. Uh, I do feel like I'm already losing though, because mine's a five percent beer. So either got to drink twice the amount or take shots of tequila later to make up for eight percent, five point five or whatever it is. We can make we can make that happen. I feel like I'm drinking Chelsea's Natty Light over here or something. You've got all, you've got all the freedom in the world, man. So all right, so let's taste test. I'll cheers to you guys. Cheers to all the audience members at home. Cheers. That's good stuff. I enjoy a good amber ale from time to time. So, all right, let's get to the let's get to the guest of honor today, Brian. Uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and kind of just kick this off? Tell us a little bit about yourself as you're popping that top off. For sure. So, name's Brian. Uh, grew up in the great state of Texas, down in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Spent some time in the Midwest at Mizzou, where I met Mr. Travis's wife originally. We were good friends and. Uh, Kind of hung out all from there to there and uh, spent time there and kind of came back and to the great state of Texas because I missed it so much, mostly because my <laughs> Dallas Mavericks are right down the street. So Midwest doesn't have NBA basketball, which is – or not the Midwest, but Missouri. You know, the closest would be Oklahoma City or Chicago, and it was uh-huh. quite upsetting in, uh, in Columbia. You know, baseball rules, hockey rules, but basketball was a little uh, – little subpar based on everybody's experience level dealing with the NBA. I feel like that's changing now over time. I feel like a lot of people, I'm sure we'll get into that later, but um, there's definitely become more and more NBA fans. So I uh, moved back to Texas and um, kind of just been here ever since. And, you know, I like to get up to St. Louis from time to time. And that's that's me in kind of a nutshell, you know, I study parks, arts, and recreation. So that's my, my degree. And, Sports and athletics are a big part of my life daily, not just watching it, but interacting with, you know, people of all ages. And it's kind of what I do as a profession as well. What led you to Missouri? Nice. Uh, honest answer uh, is the number one rec center in the nation. So actually, funny story, way back when. So when I was in Dallas, the Dallas uh, hosted the Big 12 um, conference tournament, maybe in like 2004, maybe. And uh, Mizzou had hardly any fans there. This is Quinn Snyder's age. And this is before even I was in high school. We're dealing, you know, big basketball guy. My, my buddy's dad had some tickets to the game, took us to, and there were some annoying KU fans behind me. Some big fat guy was just kept yelling, cheater, every time that, you know, a call didn't go their way. And we were like, hey, let's go for this Mizzou team. You know, true story. And they, they won a few games in that tournament. Um, and then kind of just – had a spark um, whenever uh, we had a college career fair or a college fair over at my high school, and Mizzou was one of them. Um, surprisingly enough, my high school had 212 kids in it, and seven of us went to Mizzou. Oh, no wow, kidding. That's incredible. Including my prom date. That's so cool. <laughs> 
But yeah, How, um, what are it was the odds actually, of that? That's yeah, wild. Very, very strange. So, um, you know, I kind of kept my options open. I was looking to play some some low end, you know, high end D two, maybe low end D one basketball. Um, just didn't work out in my favor. I decided just to kind of keep my options open and just go to a school where you know a large ac- you know athletics that was a big part of it so we drove up to Mizzou and I'm a big music guy as well and uh, Columbia has the Blue Note uh, music venue and I remember walking down the street I really liked just the feel of the campus the feel of downtown and there was a poster of a, a punk rock band that I really like called the Unseen which is not a very popular <laughs> band I'm sure you guys have never heard of them <laughs> but, no but, uh, can't say I have they were playing in Columbia Missouri and I was like holy crap they got sports <laughs> they got you know giant ass rec center and they got a music venue that I can go to and yeah. I end up there, there is not a just absolutely <laughs> cosmic intervention to get I mean, you to go to Missouri. everything you just said is exactly <laughs> that cosmic intervention so. exactly um, Academics might have been the last thing on my list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the school actually has is, is actually pretty good at, at actually being. But school, I loved so. it. I, you know, I loved the time there. I, you know, it was kind of interesting. You know, obviously being out of state, journalism's a big, you know, number one journalism school in the nation, and uh-huh. it was always you know interesting. Everybody, I say, where are you from? I'm from Dallas. You know, oh, you studying journalism? Mm-hmm. No, uh, Parks and Recreation, <laughs> actually. But it worked I out. Guess- I, I'm going to ask you a really uh, stupid question because we're going to talk about your your work in, in park uh, public recrea- recreation. When people ask you what you majored in, and they say, and you say parks and recreation, do people ask you if you like the show Parks and Rec? All the time. I mean, maybe not so much in the last couple of years. When I first graduated, I will say it got very annoying because the two questions I'd always get asked is, "Are you a park ranger?" and "Have you watched the show?" <laughs> and I actually had never seen the show. For a while, I finally gave in and, and watched it. I'm not going to lie. There's definitely some similarities in some of the politic components that they make fun of. But other than that, yeah, that was a question I get asked all the time, yes. <laughs> do uh, do you do you know if Mizzou still has one of the top uh, rec centers in the country? Has anybody, like, really outdone them that you know of? So the thing about that is, you know, y'all like to brag on that. But, you know, now, I mean, even – the rec center I work in, you know, we have all the up-to-date equipment. We have all, you know, the new stuff, the new fads, uh-huh. the new, you know, everything. And every, um, and one reason why city government and municipalities are really investing in, you know, large-scale, you know, rec centers is because the college campuses are, you know, mm-hmm. our age demographic, you know, is going to these colleges and they're having large rec centers. Um, and then after you graduate, you go to your local, you know, rec center and it's, you don't want it to be a dump. So, right. um, it was interesting because I went back to, we went to Mizzou this past November. Yeah. November for a football game. It's the first time I've been back in a few years and, you know, I went inside the rec center kind of all jazz and it was kind of interesting seeing my perspective now because all the mm-hmm. equipment is, is basically the same from when we were there, yeah. or, you know, it is kind of an older components it's still an amazing size and great you know facility but it's a other you know everything gets built every year so there's new rec centers coming up and you know every single year they're out doing what mizzou has so fortunately it is not on the top 10 list anymore yeah i i bet that's similar to like the college athletics is why i asked that because you know like mizzou just pumped all that money into that their athletics um you know gym and um, locker room and all that stuff and that you know obviously they're redoing the stadium a little bit and it's like an arms race and uh, it's interesting to hear you say that it's the same way about you know community rec centers i i maybe i just i'm obviously not in it so it's not something that i picked up on but it makes sense you know if you want to attract people to live in your town that's a component just like alabama having the sweetest uh facilities draws the top tier players you know same concept i'm sure right exactly and and yeah. that's what's interesting is you know it depends on what region you're in you know i'm not gonna lie st louis is a little bit behind the eight ball and probably their you know investment in local government municipalities mm-hmm. i mean ymca still draw a big big clientele oh, for yeah. a majority of those you know, up there and you're not seeing quite the groundbreaking yet on, you know, multi-million dollar facilities, but down the Texas area, you know, throughout the course of, you know, Denver, Ohio, I mean, just across different states, depending on where you're in, there is just a lot of, you know, investment. And I mean, ours was a basically a $40 million project, you know, so it's 128,000 square foot. It's ginormous. We have a wow. indoor water park right next to us as well. And, you know, it's just, 
insane. So here's the real question. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, that's kind of what, you know, it's still a blessing in disguise kind of back on my, my path, you know, sports management was always something I wanted to be a part of. And that's actually, I went to Mizzou and we had what was called a FIG, which is our freshman interest group is what they, Mm -hmm. they called it. And sports management was kind of the tag and still, you know, some of those, my, you know, friends from my dorm were in that. And, um, by the time I had a selective degree plan, Parks and Rec was the only option towards that. They didn't have sports management yet. Because every kid, you know, you're in sports. You wanna, I want to work for the Mavericks. Yeah. I want to work for the Blues. I want to work right. for, you know, that. Mm-hmm. But it's actually one of the worst quality of life jobs you can potentially <laughs> have because they pay you nothing. It's crazy you say that. You know, employees get paid nothing to to work a crazy amounts of hours. And, and uh, Parks and Rec was something I almost had to get kind of forced into, you know, going into because mm-hmm. the year after I graduated, Mizzou got sports management. And it's sad to see some of these kids, you know, kind of pushing the parks and recs aside when, cause they want, they want to be part of the, the pro lifestyle. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to lose some more and more of the, the, the true parks and rec kids. So I was in a, I was going to ask about uh, the, the real question being at that fancy gym of yours. I know they got a couple basketball courts. Are you lacing them up and getting out there with the, the, the younger guys or what? Oh, from time to time, it's kind of interesting. I did. We had we had a staff outing, um, you know, obviously pre-COVID, and closed the gym down. Had a little thing, you know. I gave it a little shimmy, kind of a little fade away, nothing but net, and everybody was like, ah. I'm like, you know, I got played you. a little. I played yeah, a little. I, I still play. I still play in a computer. I play in an adult league. You know, I'm actually the only kid or only guy on our team that didn't play any kind of D1 basketball. So. Um, for the most part, I'm still trying to play competitive, but yeah, it's kind of interesting seeing these 19, 20, 21 year old kids. They just, um, you know, they just think I can't hoop. And then I come out there and it's like, All right. except there was one time, cause I still have low back issues. I went out there first play of the game. These two camp counselors were talking smack all summer. And so we set up a time like, all right, we're going to play two on two. First play of the game. No joke. Went down, planted, tried to make a pass to the corner to my, my teammate my back gave in, <laughs> but I could, not, <laughs> I could not move. But the thing about it is I didn't want to quit. It was first play of the game. I was like, there's no way this is happening. So I'm just like trying to like stumbling through. But these kids thought, you know, they were taking it to us. I was like, guys, I can't even move. Like you try to rebound, but we still won one of the games. Surprisingly. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. So try to get out there. You still hooping much, Travis? Or uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, not not as much, and certainly not since uh, since COVID. Unfortunately, um, I uh, I've been told that that's one of the worst things you can do is uh, is getting a gym and sweat and breathing everything all over yeah. each other. So no, that's I, unfortunate. I haven't played. Yeah, I mean, I haven't no. played. In, you know, I, we're at a gym. We actually, you know, our gym. We do have courts, but we actually carpet tile our entire basketball courts, and we have fitness equipment on it. So we're only operating as a fitness gym right now. And yeah, because basketball is just such a high impact, obviously close contact sport. Um, yeah. So yeah, I haven't played since COVID's hit, unfortunately too. But Has your gym uh, removed the uh, the treadmills out of there? We haven't removed them. We actually, I mean, we have, we're a very large facility. So we have a lot uh-huh. of, you know, we're very fortunate. We were able to move all the equipment around, kind of space it out accordingly. Space it so, out, okay. So I don't know able- if it's a St. Louis thing or what, but my gym, they they flat out remove the the treadmills out of there. Every every other equipment's in there, um, and they of course have them like roped off, like to get the separation six feet or whatever. But yeah, I was I like, what's the deal with the treadmills? There, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm like, well, I didn't know what the point of the treadmill is. I don't know if you're breathing hard or what, but I'm like, it's probably just comes down to cleaning, sanitation. Yeah, if I don't have the staff that can control that, you know, that gets used the most. It's yeah. typically a distance thing too. I mean, I, I go to Club Fitness um, here, kind of near our house, and all of the, all the treadmills are, are still there, but they block. They put plexiglass between every two, um, but they actually will put like a out of order sticker on one, so you can't, you know. So you're basically every two treadmills is one person. Sure. Um, yeah, so there's kind of like that distance on there, but that's that's what I wanted to, you know, as the you know, I'm the general manager of our facility, and one thing I wanted to do for our team because we have such a large building, because we have a lot of stuff in it, and we're not just fitness, but right now we're just operating as fitness. Is I really wanted the consumer to walk in and be able to use everything they saw. You know, a lot of gyms are you know putting signs on every other machine, or they're doing stuff mm-hmm. like that where it's taken away 
kind of the visual components. We were able to spread out. We use put stuff on the basketball courts. We have another multi-purpose cord that's like an indoor soccer component. We put stuff on there, you know, kind of spread out all the cardio. So everything, once you walk in the gym, you're still not missing any piece of equipment. That's cool. That's a hell of a facility. Yeah, it's, it's ginormous. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's a beast from time to time, but it's fun to be at every day. That's how's cool, it, man. So how's it, how's it been just kind of, kind of briefly, you know, managing um a gym during during covid right now it's tough because everybody's got their different feelings i mean we shut down on march 14th and we're, we're a multi-use gym so we got kids camps we have you know we have an arts and music wing we have concerts we have you know in the gym components we have a teen room we, we just have a lot of facets that attract the entire community and uh you know when we shut down you know i'm a gym goer and you have those people that are there every single day and mm-hmm. You know, they had to develop different routines. You know, it was impossible to get, you know, weights, you know, through online platforms. I mean, heck, I even made an order through Academy and it was placed. And also, like, two and a half weeks later, when it was supposed to be on my doorstep, I get an email saying, hey, your order's been canceled. We can't fulfill it, you know. (laughs) So we were dealing with a lot of that. And, you know, the pressure from the decision makers, um, the state of Texas, you know, closed down all gyms. Um, and they were actually able to reopen about mid May. We decided to make the, the conscious effort to, to kind of postpone that for another week or two. Um, so we kind of looked at that, but we also had, you know, people that are like, Oh my God, why are you opening? Like your risk is so high. And then you had the other flip side. That's like, if you don't open day one, I'm canceling my membership because I mm. want to be back. Like I, I need this. It's my mental health. It's, it's my day to day. It's my release from work, whatever. And we, we gave like a, a six month extension to every gym holder. Um, even though we only closed for, you know, 76 days, we gave them 180 total because we knew not everybody was going to be ready to come back day one. So we kind of took a lot of those, you know, conscious efforts, you know, of, of that, but it is tough dealing with, you know, especially with mass policies. And I'm not sure what it's like up in Missouri, but you know, it's required for everybody to wear a mask now coming in a facility and some facilities are making you wear it when you work out we're choosing if you're actively working out you don't have to wear a mask currently in this situation but you know like everything now you know you have one person on one side of the fence one person on the other you know why is that oh, person yeah. not wearing a mask why is that person you know why are you making me wear a mask and stuff like yeah. that so it's just the con it's more mental fatigue than it is physical it's what's crazy about this whole situation and you know dealing with everyone's personal opinions <clears throat> you know trying to trying to keep them satisfied we want to open our staff wants to open some of our areas but we just are taking it slowly because we don't want to you know we our normal you know day we'll see a thousand to twelve hundred people come through our doors you know, in a given day. And, um, you know, we're about 400 right now. So it's, you know, very limited, but, you know, it's still manageable right now. Do you remember what your day-to-day was like before COVID? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> insane. I mean, it's 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 just the, you're, I was constantly on my feet, hardly felt like I was ever in my office. You know, it's, it, it's really cool. Like I said, we have we have not only a fitness center, we have a recording studio, we have an art studio, we have an artist that actually lived in our facility um, that had a, a, an apartment basically in our in our wing of our of our building, and they perform art classes. We have a culinary kitchen um, where we do Jeez. cooking classes. We have a fitness floor, basketball courts, multi-purpose for futsal, pickleball. Um, two tracks, uh, indoor pool, um, outdoor turf area. I mean, we just have, we, and then we have the game room. We have a babysitting service for, you know, those that have, you know, the little ones bring the Neil girls come work out and you know, we'll take <laughs> care of, take care of the baby. So, um, it's just one of those deals where, you know, that day-to-day traffic. And unfortunately right now we're basically just a 12 and up facility just because we're fitness only right now but it's it's tough because you know we do miss serving our community and and family memberships to kind of put it in perspective on on the facility is it's 49 dollars a month for a family of up to five in your household so you're basically 10 bucks a you know a month for for each of y'all to come and you know not be able to serve the entire family has been tough you know we miss it and we want to get back to normal and it's just kind of scary times right now that's amazing for sure for sure. I, I agree with that, man. I, I think everybody's kind of got that itch of like, let's get let's get back to to normal. Um, and uh, speaking of normal, I, I want to transition into NBA uh, because I I was excited. I've been kind of 
keyed you up for an episode way back when, and then NBA went out, and we're like, hold on, let's hold <laughs> off, and let's get it back. And then, then they went into the bubble, and now we're, we got some games. Um, before we get into, like, your your fandom, your your team, your history with the NBA, quickly, what do you think about the, the bubble? How's it working? Do you like it, or do you miss certain aspects of it? What are your thoughts, initial thoughts on the bubble? And then I'll share mine. The, the thought process that's went into this whole bubble situation is just incredible. You know, the the actual product that's on the floor, I mean, as I have on my TV right now, a TNT game with Miami and Boston going on, and it's, it's as a fan, it's just what I need. Like, it is, it is you're, if you're hearing your commentators, which sounds like normal, even though it's not, you know, a normal game. Yes, the virtual mm-hmm. fan component is interesting, but they're finding ways to, to make the game happen. And there's a lot of moving parts and, and a lot of team buy-in. My main concern just going down the road is, is truly, obviously, there's a stigma out there that there's always only about three or four teams that have a realistic shot of winning, winning the NBA championship. And as the games go, what kind of buy-in are some of these teams truly going to have when they have their families at home, they have their day-to-day life that they're not used to, whether it's, you know, going out socially or whatever it is, um, are they truly going to be invested in playing the game as a professional or, you know, as the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, whoever, you know, keep, keep rolling through, especially as good in the playoffs, is it, it should just become less and less, you know, competitive um, mm-hmm. from some of the lower tier teams. Cause right now it's, it's, an, it's amazing to see these guys play pickup and it's just embedded as an athlete. It's just embedded in your blood. Like you see, you know, all these YouTube videos, especially now in the day and age of, of guys just going on hooping and, and, you know, the bubble is, it's been everything I've needed right now. I bought a 75 inch <laughs> TV just for this, honestly. <laughs> so whenever, whenever COVID happened, I was like, man, I can, and I'm a season ticket holder for the Mavericks. So it's like, not having this day-to-day game, I was looking forward to NBA, and and I watch I've watched almost every game I can so far, you know, just because it's it's what I need. So I've been very happy. I just hope it continues, and I hope there's not the realistic possibility of it shutting down, which we know is is very possible, just depending on you know each day that happens and each you know employee or or player that gets you know infected by this you know crazy disease. For sure, Steve. What do you think about it? Have you, have you, do you enjoy the, do you enjoy it? What, what do you think? I, uh, I, so I knew that you and I would have some sort of debate at some point. And so I love that it's actually starting as we get this topic going. Cause I actually believe that there is a lot more of a competitiveness right now than there probably would have if we didn't have to shut things down and we would have had the last eight games of, of the season and I know a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of teams are uh, already kind of in the playoffs and they, you know, they can kind of coast a little bit, kind of get, you know, get shake off that rust from having three months off. Um, but a lot of the games that I have watched um, have been just absolutely just, just, just gritty and, and almost kind of nail biting. And that's from the teams at the top, like the, the Clippers and the Lakers and the Bucks. Um, I think the only really team that feels like hasn't had a hard time winning games is the Raptors all the way down to, you know, um, you know, a game like today where uh, the Suns beat beat the Clippers in the last uh, second buzzer. Like I know they're missing a couple players, but let's be honest, they shouldn't be losing a game to the Suns. Um, you know, um, you know, seeing, you know, teams like like the, the, the Trailblazers that that have a really good shot of, of getting in um, the, the, the Grizzlies who. Uh, are essentially have the final spot in the West, but are have not won a game yet. I mean, they're they're not even coming close to winning any of these games, and they're supposed to be the final team to end this playoff race. Um, so I, I actually would argue that there's a little bit more of a competitiveness because it's kind of you've kind of reset everything, and you've basically made an eight game sprint for all teams, even the teams that know they're going to have already locked playoff positions. Um, that's just kind of my take on the whole kind of like actually the games that matter part of it. Um, I, I, I actually love everything about it because I love, I love the atmosphere that they have created. So I am, I am a hundred percent a baseball guy. Like I can talk baseball up and down. Um, you know, the, the embarrassment that is major league baseball with these COVID outbreaks and you've got the NBA that has not had a single issue outside of a couple players that have had to leave the bubble and coming back. At least that's being reported. Um, 
you know, hockey's kind of the similar situation as the NBA. Hockey's had zero issues. Um, I just think everything that they've done is right. The, yeah, the announcing is kind of silly, especially when they actually show them on camera and they're standing next to plexiglass. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Um, who's who's the guy that, that does the commentary with uh, um, Breen and Gundy? Um, Mark, what's his name? Jackson, right? Mark Jackson, yeah, the old coach. Like, so, like, he's literally leaning against a plexiglass board while they're doing this, like, like close-up of the three of them standing in between these plexiglass kind of binders or dividers, which is, you know, smart, but at the same time, it's almost kind of silly because you basically have these three people that are trying to talk to each other through these walls, and then you got Mark Jackson that's just kind of hanging out, leaning against this this divider, just kind of like, you know, that weird next-door neighbor that tries to talk to, to you over his fence. Um, so there's definitely flaws in it. Uh, but I think I think it's I think it's been really well done. Whoever decided about the uh, the virtual fans on the Microsoft Team things deserves deserves a promotion of some sort because that's the coolest thing I have ever seen. And honestly, I find myself watching that more than I actually watch the games. I'm trying to see who's all up in there, um, and and it's been great. And I and the games have been great. I mean, the 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 first game of the return, the Lakers Clippers game is great. I was watching because I work from home. The Suns Clippers game today. Uh, that was phenomenal. That Houston uh, Milwaukee game the other day was 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 kind of a classic for this season. Um, I think they've done everything right, and 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 I, I fully expect it to kind of keep going on without a hitch because I think I think all the players are bought into the fact that they wouldn't be playing basketball without this bubble. <clears throat> so so I let both of you guys go because I figured you'd uh, both hit on majority of stuff. The only thing you didn't hit that I will add is I love the extended bench. I love those guys have like being up. There's like room for them to operate in there, and uh, I like seeing them get pumped up for each other in that uh, in that huge bench section. I know they're supposed to social distance and whatnot in there, but uh, as I've been watching games, they're not exactly following that. Um, they probably so like that more. That than is we part. Like that. Yeah, it's a silly part when you really think about it. It's like yeah. playing the whole game, and then yeah. well, you got to <laughs> stay six feet apart. So, yeah, the whole, like, whole logistics of this whole yeah. game it's so crazy. Wasn't the game you, you got that twelve and thirteenth like, man in the super yeah. far left corner? <laughs> it's just kind of forgotten. <laughs> the game ends, and then they dap each other up and hug each other, and I'm like, it's fine. You're in the damn bubble for crying out loud. Like, but anyways. Um, so, dude, let's uh, let's talk about your uh, your long history with the Mavs. I know that's your team. You've hinted at it. Um, when did you start following the Mavs? Uh, I know you mentioned being a season ticket holder. When did all of this start for you? Take us back your earliest memories of the uh, of the Mavs. I don't know if you can see this or not. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, yeah, in diapers. There you go. Yeah. All right, uh, so that's. So that's about when it started, you know. Back. For those not watching us on YouTube, it's it's Brian with a baby photo of himself dunking the Mavericks basketball hoop. I love that. So and the diaper. yeah, my, my and dad, you know, my dad's a big basketball guy as well, a big NBA guy, and he used to take me to games growing up. Uh, I still remember to this day, and and that's what's different, you know, growing up in Dallas Fort There he is. You know, a lot of people don't remember the bad days. It, Mavericks were terrible for years mm -hmm. terrible i remember seeing jason kidd his rookie year as a maverick at reunion and rita our old basketball you know stomping grounds um and funny story you know so like obviously as a kid everybody was a jordan fan so right i remember when i was about nine or ten probably one of the only times i didn't go as a maverick fan or when as a bulls fan you know because i'm a jordan fan it was his last time at reunion arena it was, it was supposed to be then he came back to the wizards of course but yeah um the Mavericks were terrible that year. I think they won 12 or 13 games across the whole season. They pulled out an overtime victory against the Bulls. I'm in the bathroom, like, as a nine-year-old kid, like, oh, I can't believe my idol Jordan just lost. Uh, what a terrible team, the Mavericks. And all these drunk idiots in the bathroom were just talking to me as a kid, like, oh, you lost, uh, Bulls, Jordan sucks, but... And then I just <laughs> tired my remaining Bulls gear and been a Maverick fan ever since you know I remember Cuban the day he bought the team um just transcend you know our entire organization drafting Dirk obviously was a big component yeah. um and it's just it's been something that's been a part of my life every every single day I'm a huge huge fan everybody at work knows I am everybody is in my life obviously knows I'm a huge fan and Mavericks are on my ride or die I love that. I had to look up when Dirk got uh, drafted because I was blanking on 98, huh? Yep, yep, 1998. So. No kidding. It was, 
It feels like 88. Yeah, like, I mean, he was in the league forever. But in in 98, I remember, like, people talking about there's, like, this random draft video of him playing in a gym against pros and, like, being outstanding. But coming from Germany, no one had any idea, you know, about him. Was he good his first few years? Do you remember? He struggled. I mean, he he, he did okay. I mean, Donnie was a big advocate for him, and he came Uh into the league. And obviously, his big German, he, yeah, he had that that game as a – uh, against all the USA guys that really kind of put him mm-hmm. on the map and um, he didn't get off to the greatest start and obviously he kind of got you know ridden as a as his career went in you know obviously you know 2006 is one of the worst years best and worst years of of our Mavericks you know lifetime where you know we blew the series lead Dirk was you know MVP it actually changed the MVP results um, because of kind of what happened with him where um, the following year in 2007, where he was named NBA MVP um, after losing in the first round to Golden State. So he had already won the award, but they presented him with the award. That was excruciating. You know, we had lost uh. first round of the 8 seed Golden State Warriors, and then he had to go accept an MVP award. Then the 8-1 eight, eight seed, that doesn't happen too often. That, it's not like hockey. <laughs> where that happens periodically it's happened more than you think now but back really? then I, I broke a lot of phones uh, i remember being I my lie. freshman year it didn't uh, spurs i think lost to memphis which made me very happy or memphis lost to spurs one of those two but not there many yes yeah <laughs> more uh, than you would think because after the mavericks but that was a the very <laughs> very bad time in my life yeah i think it was a memphis spurs series because yeah yes. you are Austin talked about it on the pod. Or no, that was in 11. No, it doesn't happen all the time as much as yeah. I we, we had a guy on here uh, several months ago who was the biggest Memphis Grizzlies fan, and he talked about that because he went to one of those games, and he said it was like one of the greatest moments of his life. So. I remember cheering for Memphis to upset because it had happened to us, and we wanted that distinctly out of our – I remember being in my dorm room at Mizzou. I won those flip loans. One of my friends, who's a huge Lakers fan, always like to ride our ass whenever we lose. You know, ten seconds after uh, losing that, you know, round, he sent a text, and I just tossed my phone out the dorm room wall, and it just shattered in like two pieces. <laughs> so I gotta ask you. So I don't know what it's like to have an actual like team that you ride and die with. Like, you know, if, if there, we're talking baseball, obviously Steve and I are huge Cardinal fans. Like, they win or lose, you know, that that's the only team I care about. And the NBA for me, it's largely player based, uh, and I, that's who I follow. I like a lot of different guys across the entire league, and so I can root for just about anybody night in and night out. So, do you still have that, or is it just purely like I'm not rooting? Like you can't. I'm sure you can't watch Houston Rockets and think, "Oh man, Harden's incredible tonight." You're watching, going, "I hate this dude. I want them to lose." Uh, the right? two team. Um, I will say it's a combination of both. I mean, I actually. Houston, as Houston shoots right now, and Harden just hit a three. But um, <laughs> I do actually really like Harden's game a lot. Houston, for some reason, even that's like kind of old Ugh. school mentality. I'm not a, I'm not a. The two teams I absolutely despise the most that I will never cheer for: are San Antonio Spurs and Miami Heat. Other than that, I, you know, I've always been like Memphis Grizzlies have always kind of been like a weird team I've liked to follow. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I get what you're saying, and that's what yeah, that's where the NBA's obviously been you know, very proactive in their approach to market players, um, mm-hmm. not necessarily teams, you know, obviously some of those fandoms kind of driven me crazy over the course of the year where it's like, all right, you're a huge, you know, cast fan. Now you're a huge heat fan. Now you're a huge yeah. cast fan. Now you're a huge Lakers fan. Like some of those guys, it's like, you know, I roll you Travis a little bit, but you know, <laughs> awesome. I was going to, I was going to say, I do not pretend to uh, like the heat. I don't pretend to like the Cavs. I will tell you, I think LeBron's incredible and yeah. I enjoy watching him and all that, but um, no, I'm with you. There's I, definitely I kinda... a distinct difference because we, Travis and I are both in this camp. Like we, we are LeBron, LeBron fans. And so that's our, I mean, that's our favorite basketball player uh, of all time. And so we've always rooted for the teams that he's on, but it, I, I would never tell you that any of those three teams are my favorite teams. I hate the Lakers, but I'm rooting for the Lakers. Yeah, you know what I mean? Same. Like it's it's kind of like that weird, like that kind of weird pendulum. Um, and that's kind of where the NBA is at. And you know, probably my biggest thing to answer your question a little bit more, Travis, on when my mentality changed a little bit. Growing up, Mavericks, ride or die, completely. Um, 
2011, I became a um, 2010, 2011 is when I started my season ticket. You know, after mm-hmm. college, I was my graduation gift to myself was season tickets, and I've kept them yep. ever since, essentially. And uh, one of the coolest things I ever saw was, you know, I'd, I'd show up early for warmups, and it'd be these teams that I've, you know, never seen before. Um, you know, I still remember watching Kobe you know, RIP to the legend right there. But basically watching him warm up was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Like seeing him do turn away fadeaways, nothing but that. Seeing him, you know, pull up for three, nothing but that. And then I started looking at other players and you start watching how incredible these guys are. And, you know, Dwight Howard's one of the, I'm not a big fan of Dwight Howard, but he's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in real life, like as far as his shoulders. But that, that it, it, you know, the NBA is very big on their players, and, and that's why I watch any game. I mean, I'll watch any game because mm-hmm. there's – and no matter what team it is right now. I mean, you got Devin Booker on the Suns, who I'm a huge fan of, you know, mm-hmm. on the Suns. Like, I would never watch the Suns growing up, but it's like he's got a player. Like, and that's what even my, my package – and, I've you know, when I say I'm a season ticket holder, like I've had half-game plans, and I've kind of over time have, you know, chosen different plans or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm only seeing a handful of teams from time to time. But every team, no matter what position they're in, has a player worth watching. And that's the coolest part. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's the coolest part about the uh, the NBA right there. Like you said, like baseball, I mean, you could – I mean, and it, I, I think I equate it like when you're watching one of these top guys. Like I would take like Portland, for example, right? Like if you watch them any given night, like their two guys are going to have games. There's no doubt about it. You're going to see what you paid for. You could pay all the money in the world to see Mike Trout play baseball and nobody hits a fly ball in his area. And he goes, Oh, for three, Oh, for four. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just like, well, shit, I paid that money and I saw him in the flesh, but I didn't get to see what he does. Those the top players don't have too many games like that. So your chances, you're going to see some good stuff. So I'm with you, dude. I, uh, I love that. Love that aspect. Well, and even, of, and even bad. NBA. I mean, even bad games, you still see something. Worse. Oh, you can see some flashes, right? In sports like hockey and baseball, if they have a bad game, that means you, you as the fan, didn't get to see anything worthwhile right. yeah. out of that that individual. That's kind of the beauty yeah. of the NBA, and and I think that's why they've kind of maybe not purposely, but have moved toward kind of like the player driven mm-hmm. model that is the NBA because they know that each each player's name is its own brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and yeah, it's kind of created what we're kind of kind of watching when it comes to the modern NBA right now. Yeah, it's a, a whole thing of, of, you know, I test anything, like any live sport, you know, go see it live and it'll change your mind. Like oh, yeah. they always had a you know, cognizant of there's no defense. It's terrible. Like watching day to day of like, OK, when somebody puts a hand in your face, it doesn't look like anything on TV. You see it live and then you see how the guy's fingers is actually between your nose. And it's insane. Yeah. Some of these shots are hidden. Oh, dude, the way that a lot of these guys can pull up from three, like I was watching the other night. And uh, if you get a chance to check out the Pelicans, watch JJ Redick working around all the defenders. And he's shooting like leaning fadeaway off balance, three pointers, and they're in rhythm and they're good shots. And you're like, no, MB- no defense. No, it's awesome shooters. And I mean, of course I picked JJ Redick, the most hated white guy in college <laughs> basketball history, but Bullshit. He's really fun to watch, though. (laughs) I know, right? And he's changed his game drastically since college. Dude, yeah, I know. I mean, he used to just be stand-up shooter. Now, I mean, you have to get him in rhythm and an open shot. Now he can kind of create his own kind of deal running around screens. Um, I I was kind of reminded of this because Steve's got the Blues uh, pullover on right now. And uh, I I know what it was like in St. Louis when the Blues finally won the championship. And, I mean, last summer was incredible here. And that run is just amazing. And I ha- I, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't ask you about the year the Mavs beat the Heat. And, I mean, obviously that meant so much for Dirk. But, like, what was the city like? What was that like? Was it, like, literally the coolest thing in the world? Oh, my God. It was, like, I'm just talking about it right now. It's giving me jazzed up. Like, seriously, like, <laughs> 2011 is a year. I mean, for the city of Dallas, just this whole, I mean, Mavericks. And I know we're not talking really baseball, but Rangers went to the World Series that year. Yep. Lost to the Cardinals. But, you know. <laughs> It is what it is, but uh, it was one of the most amazing feelings I've ever been a part of, like, especially going against the heat for the second time, you know, from that heartache that we had in 2006, like, so that was my senior year of high school, uh, whenever we first lost, and we used to have these huge watching parties at our friends' houses, and, like, ginormous, just 
scenarios happening. I mean, I can remember it like it's yesterday, like whenever I'm thinking about 2011. And, and remember how people were picking us to lose to Portland the first round. I mean, you know, you guys may not remember that too much, but it's like all the experts, you know, we're the three seed, Portland's the six. And, you know, the Mavs were always the easy pick to, to kind of be the upset um, mm-hmm. just based on, you know, Dirk's. Um, you know, past and kind of the history there. And, and we, we, you know, got through them, you know, beat Oklahoma city and then swept the Lakers, like swept the Lakers, like uh-huh. not even a, a qualm. And then going back to, you know, obviously the dream team, it was cool as it felt like entire America. I mean, I know you guys said you're LeBron fans, but that was back when LeBron was not, no, he was hated. Yeah, he, he was he absolutely hated. hated for sure. And everybody was on our, our side to win that series and 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 like i alluded to like after what a perfect year to start my season ticket like i've never like nba final i went to an nba finals game that's I, like, incredible game four because i got my tickets that year was the year we went to the freaking nba finals <laughs> and you know instead of paying thousands and thousands of dollars to sit you know 25 rows back i, I paid 100 bucks a ticket and and it was one of the best feelings to take my dad to the NBA Finals game because of all the games he'd taken to me to. And uh-huh. and we won game four. And, and game six, we're in, me and my buddy Jacob, we had a, um, a rally cake we used to always eat. You know, this stupid little chocolate brownie cake we got from, like, the local grocery store whenever we were down. And, and in the, the Lakers series, we, we had a piece of that. We came back, won that um, game one. And then uh, we uh, we we took Game Six in in Miami. We were at a Hooters in North Arlington that I have not been back since that day. I'm not even joking. Like we were saving that for a special occasion. Very superstitious. <laughs> we we ended up there, you know, on accident, but uh, because our other location that we usually go to was jam packed and it was a waiting line to get in, so uh, we ended up at a Hooters and and one of the best days ever and i remember getting texts from all friends across the entire country essentially congratulating me on my victory because they knew how big of a fan i was um and the coolest part too is that was right after college um i had worked a shit ton in college and worked 80 100 hour weeks we're mm-hmm. running baseball tournaments and stuff like that so that's some money saved up and I wasn't in quite the rush to get a full-time job so me and my buddy actually worked part-time right then during that that hour or that year i mean so we were able to go to the parade and the we we went to all the things we went to when the team flew home the next day from the airport and i remember deshaun stevenson wearing a shirt that said how's my dark taste <laughs> and we, we nice. met them at the airport and then we went to the parade and as a season ticket holder they you know invited us inside to and it's just one of those things like as you know Facebook can be weird, but it's one of those things where it pops up on your memory every year, and it just sends me that nice little, we did win. I don't care. I have a giant flag that says 2011 NBA champions. I don't care what year it is. We we won, and we got one before I died, and hopefully we get another one, you know, another year soon. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I love that. That got me jazzed to hit, listen to that. <laughs> that's a good That's a good segue, too, because uh, let's, let's talk about playoffs this year. Two questions. What do you th- – how do you think your Mavs are going to do, and what do you think the outcome is going to be? If we would have this podcast about a week ago, I would have had a different answer for you. But you know, all the jazz you know coming. Me too, actually. Yeah. So all the jazz coming back from uh, the hype of of the Mavs, and we needed to basically go about five and three to potentially move up to the five or six seed to avoid the dreaded Clippers. Um, we had, you know, crazy game against the Rockets, scored 85 points in the first half or whatever, and blew that freaking game. And then we lost to the Suns the other day. The Suns always give us a heartache for some reason. Booker always goes off. Even though we fouled out late in the game, we couldn't pull that one off. And we barely beat the Kings today. We, we seriously, we, we struggled all – we were losing all game and then managed to go into overtime and, 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 uh, and beat them. So, you know, we're most likely going to play the Clippers first round, which is – if we were playing the Nuggets or, you know, Rockets, something like that, first round, I think I'd have a little bit better ease into how our playoff situation is going to be. But I think realistically it's just going to be, um, you know, 
hopefully we steal a few games, but I just think the Clippers are going to be too much for us this year. And, uh, you know, I think it might be realistically a first-round exit, but I hope not. And, and then, what about uh, bigger picture? Bigger picture. So for the Mavericks or just the playoffs? For, the playoffs in general. So I said it before, and I don't want to admit this but too high, but I really think a, a team that's going to be a dark horse is going to be the Rockets because of kind of like we alluded to, Stephen, on uh, you know the com- competitive level. It's just a big pickup game day in and day out for these guys. There's no crowd noise. There's no, um, you know – home court advantage, stuff like that. You know, I think they might have a chance to get to the Western Conference final, but, um, you know, I just don't think anybody's stopping the Lakers this year. I really think the Lakers are going to get there, and I'm not a big fan of really what the Bucks are accomplishing, you know, day in and day out. Their home court means a little bit to them. Um, so I think they're going to suffer a little bit. Um, so fortunately, I think it's set up for Mr. LeBron to take it home. God, you just made me the happiest guy on, on, on the face of the planet. Um, I actually I'm with you though because I've been I've watched all of uh, all of the Houston Rockets games since since the return, and that's the kind of team with the, the just the weird ass style that they have that thrives on the fact that a lot of these players are rusty, um, and so you have you have two players that play super fast and super super fast like Westbrook does and Harden that does his weird thing that I can't stand but still works. Um, you know you have something like that you can win a game when you go twenty five for sixty four in the, from the three point line. Um, I think they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna ruin some people's ears uh, for sure. But um, can I uh, can I can I give you some super cool Lucas stats that I know you're gonna love? Of course, always down for Lucas stats. Um, so his game today, so we're recording this on, wow, what the hell is the date today? The 4th of August. <clears throat> and Luca Luca played a game against, uh, the Kings. He's di- scored 30 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists. That's the youngest player in NBA history to do that. And I believe that makes him the fourth overall player in NBA history to have a game like that. Yeah, Luke is insane. It's crazy seeing him yep. day in, day out. That's just he's just unbelievable. And like, you know, Maverick's dad, I think he's one of only three Mavericks, you know, Dirk, Luca, and good old Sam Perkins from way back in the day that uh, you know, had a triple double, you know, for that regard. So his performance That's, is just the fourth thirty point, twenty rebound, ten assist game in the NBA since the merger. Do you guys want to guess who number three is? The third one? LeBron. Will. Uh, Jokic. Huh. Interesting. Facts. That is a good one. So as we're uh, as we're getting ready to wind this down, I uh, I think we can kind of incorporate our last two topics into into one here, Brian. Um, so I'm curious your your general landscape of the NBA for the next five years, like who. Not, I mean, not the Lakers, not the Bucks. You know, who knows what the Clippers are going to be like when these two guys decide they're going to bounce out of there. But um, general landscape, big picture, five years from now, and then give me three players, uh, and they might even be on the same team or whatever, and uh, are your favorite players in the NBA, uh, and, and no Mavs for you. Let's do. I mean, obviously, Luke <laughs> is your favorite guy, and we get it. You think the Mavs are going to win the championship, but outside of the Mavs, give me give me some other people. All right, so yeah, that landscape that was going to be hard because was, I will give you a fun fact before I give you this. So yeah. just this whole quarantine thing, you know, in case this doesn't come up. So we live in kind of like ten minutes away from the arena. You know, it's just kind of crazy. Like when all quarantine was happening, you couldn't go anywhere. We ran into three Mavericks players probably routinely in our walks with our dogs. Uh, Dwight Powell, which you know is recovering from ACL injury, yeah. and. Uh, you know, my girlfriend's favorite player. We ran into him probably weekly, just walking the dog with his girlfriend, going out for lunch, whatever. Then Maxi Kleba, which I ran into him probably a couple times on my run. And one time we're walking down the street, and Kristen goes, That's the tallest guy I've ever seen. Oh, hey, KP, what's up? <laughs> so. It was interesting seeing true NBA players. Like, they got nothing else to do either. They're literally just, they wanted to get out yeah. of the house and walk away. 
So, so you're okay. just walking down the no, the down the, the sidewalk with your dog, and you see him, you'll be like, "Hey, yo, Chris Stapps, what's up?" Yeah. Like, what's crazy like is he's so skinny. Like, you didn't even look like an NBA player, but you realize how skinny these guys are when they're actually seven six. Seven three, whatever. All right. Yeah. Side topic. So no, no, I like that. <laughs> so all right, landscape in the next few years. So, um, that's an interesting one because we have so many players, unfortunately, that are going to be coming towards the end of their tenure, which is insane to say. You know, Mavericks, I think, do have a legit possibility of being, you know, competitive in these next few years. Um, Philadelphia is always a weird one. I mean, I'm, I've never been a huge Philly fan, but I just don't think they're. Yeah. You know, they got young talent, but I just don't think they're anywhere remotely what they need to be. Um, Memphis is going to be Memphis is going to be real interesting. I mean, depending if yeah. they keep they transfer over from their defensive style to their offensive mindset with Morant, and depending on what their upcoming drafts are going to look like and and stuff like that, I think they have a a, a decent possibility. Um, you know. Rockets, I think, are still going to be there regardless. You know, I think they're going to keep their style as long as they keep D'Antoni. You know, they're going to still attract, um, you know, that type of talent. And um, I would almost argue that if they keep, as long as they keep Daryl Morey. Yeah, that's true. I will say that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's tough. Man. It's always hard to see him, especially as Dirk just retire. It's hard to see your legends retire. And, yeah. you know, as LeBron exits out, as you know, some of these other, you know, top tier players really are in there. I'm a huge, you know, Damian Lillard fan. I love Lillard. Um, And I think he's only got a few more years of of him, but um, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see the future with, I mean, as long as the Mavericks are there, I'll be happy, but I know you said not that. What's what's your take on the Nuggets? I mean, and Michael Porter Jr. is there. I know that's got to be, at least he got to love a little Mizzou guy there, huh? Yeah, but he was they're, there for a day, so I don't really count him, even though he. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist right now for some of that, and I really think like it was like as a Mizzou fan, like they were pumping season ticket, they were pumping like you up, you up, you up, and I remember watching like he doesn't seem right. Why is he out? Like all of a sudden they sub him out in two minutes in the game. It's like oh, done for the season. Like I literally think they used him as a toy to sell tickets, and it kind of rubbed me the wrong yeah. way. I like the conspiracy theory angle. I think so. I think he's been hurt for a while during that season, and they tried to that that game alone against Iowa State. I think the cheapest ticket was like two hundred fifty dollars for a Mizzou (laughs) basketball game. Did you see the game that he had the other day? That man dropped thirty-five points. He's he's got talent as the rock or as the Nuggets as a whole. Their style is never going to be the future of the NBA. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, as much as Jokic is a is an amazing talents you know they really are gonna have to trans they're kind of like the old memphis you know of of style um and they they're really gonna have to transform their their i guess current structure to really be anywhere in the nba i think they're gonna constantly be a fizzle out as long as that happens i like it all right give us uh i want to each of us do our uh our five favorite nba players and you can incorporate luca in this if you really want to <laughs> so five, uh, five, so okay. five. five just favorite not not yeah. like yeah okay. favorite not the best yeah you don't have to put lebron on there unless you like him yeah <laughs> all right so top five favorite um devin booker okay damian lillard uh it's a tough one let's see Man. See, the outline said top five. I was already mentally preparing myself for the top five best, but now top five favorite. Hmm. <laughs> it's a tough one. Let's see. You, um, can, you, can, you can mix it if you want. Yeah. I'm going to go with this is never a fan favorite. You know, I just love his style and his tenacity, but Russell Westbrook. Uh huh. You know, just based on his, like, watching that guy play in real life is insane um jason tatum okay and let's give me some give me a big fella let's see oh well before he went out i was actually because i played some fantasy basketball i like jonathan isaac but he just yeah tenacity but he just tore his acl so that sucks 
I like it. Fred, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Um, so this is in no order. I'd, I'd hate to be put on the order to go uh, in order. But uh, Greek Freak uh, is definitely on my five. Giannis, love his style. He's like, uh, in my opinion, he's the athletic shack uh, of the 21st century. And I, I'm here for it. I love that the guy can dribble one time inside half court and dunk. I eat that up. Love it. Um, so he's on there. I uh, I love um, I love Zion, another big dude. Uh, he's I, I'm just infatuated with his athleticism. I love it. Uh, John ja Morant, uh, I put him on. I know I went back to back with the young guys there, but um, John ja Morant reminds me a lot of. Uh, healthy uh, MVP Derrick Rose, and I was a huge fan of that type of player uh lebron's on there certainly so that's four uh and then last but certainly not least oh man i would probably go i don't know i mean luca luca is definitely in the in the in the thought process for me um i actually this is gonna be kind of a weird one i love uh as a uh unathletic uh big guy uh, Steven Adams. And so I know this is going to come off the radar, but I love his, uh, his style. I love how he's the tough guy. He does the dirty work. He chips in a handful of points a night, but, uh, seems like a great teammate. And if I was gifted to be that huge and that athletic, that's the type of NBA player I think I would have been. Yeah. He's actually, he's a, you know, amazing talent, a huge beast, but he's actually considered one of the nicest dudes in the NBA. That's yeah, just crazy. I've seen that. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Like yep. you see it even yep. as, in his in his play, like even if he makes a huge block or fouls a guy, he's always the first one to kind of pick him up. Yeah, yep. Well, like there that. it is. Steve, hit us with yours. All right. Um, so I definitely have these ranked. So I'm gonna go five to one, right? So five <laughs> actually was a three way tie. So I'm sorry for oh, being Jesus. an asshole about this. God, uh, Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steph Curry, the Joker, and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's got the best dribbles I've ever seen in my entire life. I hate Kyrie Irving as a human being, by the way. Just throwing it out there. Joker, I have never seen a big man pass the way that he does. And I legitimately think that that team is a, another star away from being legit. Because uh, I think Murray should not be that number two. Um, and then Steph Curry is Steph Curry. Like, I, I think he's very close to being a little bit past his prime. But the way that he took over games and basically restructured the entire NBA – um, is is just it, it's it's in the history books. Um, for me, number four is Luca. Um, I, I I always think whenever I think of Luca, I think about the fact that he basically broke the back of an already broken NCAA because the way that he approached coming to the career, playing in Europe, winning championships, actually getting role as a actual professional, and then coming in about the same age as a bunch of these college kids and being basically five years of experience ahead of them. I think, honestly, just kind of restructured how the game is played, too. And I think it's what a lot of college kids probably think about uh, when they're coming into professional basketball. Um, for me, uh, number three was Dwayne Wade. Um, I mean, I, I mean, there's a reason why that guy was called the Flash. I got to leave now, guys. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> I got to leave now. It's my number one hated fan. <laughs> it's, I've heard enough. <laughs> it's still though. I mean, I just for say everything about it was just I, I my eyes were always glued glued to it. Um, number two is Michael Jordan. Uh, he's the reason why I ever got into basketball in the first place. Um, whenever he was like in his prime, winning all those championships, I actually used to live in Japan at the time because my dad was in the Air Force, and so I was always uh, a day late watching all these games. And, and so, you know, you guys would have watched it before I did. And so I got my love of basketball from watching MJ win those, those, those games against the Utah Jazz. And, I mean, number one is LeBron James. Um, you know, whatever matters about the whole Jordan-LeBron debate, you can make so many arguments in a thousand different ways. But um, what that guy's doing this year leading the league in a uh, and just the fact that he's goddamn LeBron James uh, says it for himself. So that's my top five plus two alternates. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you got uh, you went ahead and built in a couple extras in there, Steve. I should have known. I couldn't narrow it down, dude. Uh, I love it. I'm just giving you shit. 
All right, dude. Uh, Brian, in in closing here, uh, time for a little shout out of the week, man. What do, what do you got for us? All right. So my shout out of the week is to my homie Chuck Caldwell. He and his wife Maggie are expecting their first child sometime in November. Uh, they live up in the Denver area right now, and they enjoy hiking. So they made a nice little post on Facebook the other day. We're excited for them. Uh, be their first child. I personally don't have kids. I know Travis, you're you've gone through through that right now, and it's it sounds like it's the greatest you know blessing of of everything yep. that could happen. Stephen, I'm not sure if you have kids or not, but um, nice. so shout shout out to uh, to Chuck. I know he's going to be a great father. Him and Maggie are going to be a great team, and. I'm looking forward to coming up as Uncle Brian whenever that time comes to, to <laughs> hang out with them and maybe put a basketball in his or her hand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Congrats to them. Uh, that's uh, that's awesome. Steve-O, you want to take us to the finish line here? Oh, I think I can do that. Um, well, hey, Brian, thanks again for coming on. This has been great. I love debating basketball. Uh, I love finding other people to debate basketball other than Travis. Um, <laughs> Travis and I tend to be the only uh, NBA fans inside of our friend group, so it's nice to kind of spread our wings a little bit and uh, and talk a little bit of uh, NBA basketball with other people. So this has been a lot of fun. Yes, me as well. Hope to get a drink sometime and come up to St. Louis whenever this uh, COVID stuff subsides and Absolutely. go back to hopefully normal and drink a lot of citywide. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We'll have you been hankering for some citywides? I have, you know, I'm just <laughs> urging. Like that's that's probably my main reason not to see Travis and Chelsea. It's mostly just <laughs> citywide in me. There you go, there you go. That's awesome. Citywide is one of my all-time favorite beers. So when you come up, we'll definitely uh, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the NBA and uh, drink some <laughs> drink some citywides. So um, I will end this episode on a story. So you were talking about uh, Brian about. Uh, ordering a bunch of because of, uh, of covid and working from home trying, being a gym guy that you are trying to work from work out from home buying a bunch of weights and stuff from uh, academic uh, or academy excuse me and then basically canceling your order months down the road so i went through the same phase and so i've been working from home since march i actually am going to be working from home until 2021 i work in recruiting and I was trying to do home workout stuff and buy some things. And so I found uh, online these kind of like um, um, those weighted like rubber bands, like TL- TRX bands where you can like they got a door stopper. So you just put it in the door, you change the weight, you hook things up and you just kind of do like a workout from like your front door or something like that. I ordered it in March, <clears throat> middle of March. And it was supposed they told me that it could be here as late as June 15th. I got them on August 1st. I completely <laughs> forgot that I even ordered them. I honestly thought that they were lost and gone forever, that it was just one of those things that just they forgot about my order, shipped it off forever ago and it got somehow lost in the mail. And so now I have this contraption that i honestly don't even know how to work so i gotta i gotta put it all together because there's, and there's no instructions to put it together so uh i feel your pain when it comes to the uh ordering stuff for the uh workout from home click that is going on in 2020 so it's a struggle yeah yeah so all right well i think that's about to wrap things up with the happy hour hangout podcast uh from everybody over here uh to the audiences at home one final time cheers as we sign off <laughs>